Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I am Leighton Samuels, I am Leighton Schlanger, and we're here, baby. We are on We Know Fantasy. Thank you so much for having us here. We are very excited for this new platform. Thank you to everyone at the We Know Fantasy, on the We Know Fantasy team, for having us. That is a heck of a start. Good for you. I know. I think I'm killing it, bro. Like, you know, we're diving right in. We got a new audience. We got, uh, we're here in a studio. We're, we're not in a studio. Why are you trying to mislead the listeners? We are literally in a tiny New York second bedroom and I put air quotes you can't see the air quotes but we're in a second bedroom in a in a New York apartment this is a studio well we have you know we got water and snacks like in the break room you mean the kitchen no it's a break room if I want to take a break from your from your crap good thank you for not saying the other word um we have a lot to get to today, so we're going to stop talking about our quote-unquote studio. Um, air quotes are a thing today. Whoa, good, because this is clearly an audio medium, so no one can see your air quotes. You're doing really well. Thank you. You were sarcastic, weren't you? Yes. I don't know how you couldn't tell that. It's, I'm literally... I am you. Like, come on, bro. I... I'll, I'll get this premise eventually. Okay, anyway. Is your brain injured, bro? Because you're, you certainly seem injured. Well, everyone else is injured, and God, why, why was that a good segue? I hate you. Don't hate the player, hate the game, but also hate the injuries. Yes, yes, we have a lot of injuries to talk about. Uh, but first, I actually want to bring up a podcast that we did... Are you about to toot your own horn? I don't like it when you toot your own horn. Do you want me to toot your horn for you? You'll, you'll, I don't trust you to toot my horn. You, whenever you try to toot my horn, I have to please stop talking about me tooting your horn. I am sorry that I brought it up. This just sounds not okay for public radio. This isn't radio. This is a podcast. And if I want to toot my own horn on this podcast... I'm going to toot my own horn all over this podcast. <laughs> well, then have fun. You hit it. So, on September 11th, we did a podcast before the season fully got going. The The first Thursday night game happened in which my Texans got destroyed by the Chiefs. Uh, but we wanted to talk about injuries and looking at baseball, looking at basketball, looking at soccer. When they came back from their COVID breaks and had to ramp up very quickly, we saw a spike in injuries. Particularly if you look at something like pitchers in baseball where they put a significant amount of strain on a part of their body. Using that data and that research, we came to the conclusion here at Samuels vs. Schlanger that this year, more than ever, handcuffs were going to be extremely important. And unfortunately, we were proven right. Injuries have taken over the game over the past two weeks. We have lost significant superstars for the year already. And are you going to, like, make a point with this whole thing? Or are you just going to continue bragging about yourself? Well, so I bring this up only to say 
we might be referencing that podcast a few times in this because we did create a tier list, tier one through four, on the importance of having a particular player's handcuff on your team, with tier one being the most important, tier four being we have no idea what's going on with that situation, better to just leave it alone. So if you hear us talking about the tier list, that is what we are referencing. You can just go back to September 11th and, you know, listen to uh, listen to a little more Samuels versus Slanger. We're, we will entertain you, I promise. I And I forget the live read we did on that one. I, I do too, but I, I think it's a good one. So um, we have some great episode sponsors. We have a lot going on here, and I'm really excited to share all of this with you. And speaking of sharing, we should get to this sharing right now. We have a lot of injuries to cover. We're going to cover as much as we can with that. We are also going to revisit the fantasy draft and see where the top 10 picks are now, two weeks into the season. And then we will cover whatever Sunday and Monday action we can get to with a little bit of waiver pickup suggestions, so to speak. Is that good? Can we move on? Well, we're just going to skip over Samuels is Wrong. It's only the best segment that this podcast does. Well, we'll get some Samuels is Wrong on the Friday podcast. Does that work? Because, boy, was I wrong about a lot. Oh, you know it, bro, every week. So, all right, yeah, let's. we can go on. All right, let's go ahead and hit that drop. Can we do it without hitting the drop? Because it's... This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuels versus Schlanger. Oh, this is going to be brutal. Really, really bad is what I was going to say. And I was really hoping that once we got this new audience, that they wouldn't have to listen to the drop and that wouldn't be their first impression of us. Well, there they have it. Now they know what kind of uh, podcast this is, a professional one. So let's actually kick it off with the top 10 fantasy picks from your fantasy drafts. Uh, we're going to go through one by one and uh, chat a little about, about where they are in week two. So, number one overall pick. Uh, there's a reason why we're doing this. It's Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey is out four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. You know who becomes the most valuable <laughs> um, <laughs> player on your team for those of you who uh, drafted CMC first overall? That's right, Mike Davis, baby. The former Seattle Seahawks third string running back has become fantasy relevant once again. And he was actually in the, I believe, the, the third, the second or third tier on that handcuff list that we had. But his usage um, in the game this past Sunday has proven that he is an extremely valuable handcuff, especially since we know CMC is out for four to six weeks. Get Mike Davis if he is on waivers. Pick him up. He should be the number one pickup this week. Pick number two in the fantasy draft was Saquon Barkley, who, you know it, out for the season with a torn ACL. His handcuff uh, situation isn't quite as clear, is it? Well, it was this past Sunday. Dion Lewis took over all of those touches, and with how much I feel like the Giants are going to be playing from behind, bro, I feel like you want Dion Lewis, the pass-catching back in New York. The Giants, not the Jets, because the Jets are not fantasy relevant. Well, they, okay, the Jets have some fantasy relevant players. You can't just 
wipe out a whole team like that. But I'm actually going to disagree with you. I think that Wayne Gallman is the guy. Wayne Gallman wasn't even in the game. He was inactive over the weekend. How can you think that Wayne Gallman is going to be the guy that takes over for Saquon? So Wayne Gallman has a more similar skill set to Saquon. So of course, if they're going to make one running back be inactive, it's going to be Wayne Gallman and not Deion Lewis, because Deion Lewis is a perfect uh, pairing to Saquon, a pure pass-catching quick guy. And Wayne Gallman is someone who, in the offseason, the brief offseason, the Giants specifically said he could handle a large workload. They have confidence in this guy, and I think Wayne Gallman is going to be the one. I personally think that that Deion Lewis is, and I think that will be for you, the audience, to decide. That <laughs> We're not a freaking game show. What are you doing? I don't know. Let's move on. Number three, the uh, Zeke Elliott. He is feasting. Uh, if he gets injured, you need Tony Pollard on your team. Tony Pollard is a tier one handcuff. Get him on your team. Same goes with our number four pick, Alvin Kamara. Absolute monster. He proved it again last night. You love to see a guy who deserves to get paid, get paid, and then continue to tear apart other teams. Um, but just like Zeke, you have that you have that clear tier one handcuff. That is Latavius Murray. He's obviously not going to be on the waiver wire, but hang on to him. If you don't have Alvin Kamara, try to trade Latavius Murray to someone who does own him. And if you can't, keep holding on to Latavius Murray. Do not drop him. He is an extremely valuable handcuff. Moving on to Dalvin Cook. Uh, The Vikings defense sucks. Like, it just does. And it has not given him that many opportunities. And... You might be disappointed if you drafted him uh, fourth or fifth overall. Well, you say that, but what Dalvin Cook has been able to do with his limited touches is why you drafted him in the first round. He has had double-digit fantasy points both weeks despite not hitting 20 touches. That is why you draft a player first round. Consistency and that high floor. And he'll find his ceiling. He'll get there. So I am a believer in that. And for that reason, get Alexander Madison on your team. Another tier one handcuff in case Dalvin Cook goes down. Now we hit Derrick Henry. He is... Uh, probably the first guy on this list who you might be disappointed in who has not been injured. Uh, his team's been passing more. Uh, he, he had a, he had an eight point game this past Sunday. So you're a little bit worried about Derrick Henry. Yeah, I would agree there. And you're also a little worried because, uh, I mean, Derrick Henry is not an injury risk. The dude's an absolute monster, but if he gets injured... We don't know if Darrington Evans can do the things. Well, A, Darrington Evans is injured right now, so there's that. Um, we, we, I don't think we have much confidence in Sinoris. You're really bad at pronouncing names. Well, it's a tough n- Mr. Perry. Um, we definitely don't know what he'll be doing. But it is a it is a tough backup situation because Derrick Henry is a is truly one of a kind in his ability to just power through people. That is how he has made his bank, and that's how we've scored fantasy points with him. So we don't know if Darrington Evans can do that once Darrington Evans is 
healthy. Moving on to that number seven pick, we get our first wide receiver, Michael Thomas. Injury out with it out at least one more week with a high ankle sprain. Um, we thought that Emmanuel Sanders would be the guy to take over, but God, last night was all Traquan Smith and uh, Alvin Kamara, and uh, okay, like. I mean, we don't know how much longer Michael Thomas will be out, so so really it might be a non-issue. But Emmanuel Sanders didn't get his first reception until the last minute of the game, pretty much. So it's 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 tough to have confidence in any of these pass catchers uh, outside of Michael Thomas and, of course, Alvin Kamara. Jared Cook caught another touchdown pass. He does that. He's a decent starting tight end. But this is... Again, a little bit rough for those of you who drafted him there. Who's next, Schlanger? Well, next we have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who we were thrilled about after week one, and then week two, he had a bit of a dud, and he kind of showed you where his floor is, because, and surprisingly so, he was not used very much in the passing game once the Chiefs fell behind, which... I personally don't think you should be too worried. The Chiefs aren't going to be playing from behind very often this season. But it was a troubling game nonetheless. And we actually have a bit of a handcuff alert here because Daryl Williams got injured. And Darwin Thomas was the one who was spelling Clyde Edwards-Alaire when he needed a break. If Daryl Williams remains injured, he is no longer the handcuff that you need. Darwin Thompson is the handcuff, the tier one handcuff that you need on your team if you own, well, he's tier two, tier two handcuff that you need if you own Clyde Edwards Hilaire. We move on to our second pass catcher who, you guessed it, Devontae Adams is injured also. Hamstring injury, though, so he should be back soon. In the meantime, who do you like more as far as the other pass catchers? Well, so Alan Lazard continues to dominate in snaps over in, over Marquez, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS. Uh, let's just go with MVS. You're just really bad at all the names today. I'm going to make you pronounce every name, and I will do terribly at that. So while Lazard is still out snapping MVS, MVS continues to out target Lazard, and it's it's kind of a coin flip. Uh, I mean, you definitely want. I, I I'm not a huge believer in wide receiver handcuffs. It seems like a strange thing, but this is a situation, and we'll talk about Will Fuller in Houston as well, where you might want a handcuff for your wide receiver. Because if Devontae Adams ends up being down for a while, hamstrings can be nagging injuries, you want either MVS or Alan Lazard with how Aaron Rodgers is playing football right now. Um, It's like vintage Aaron, which is great. Vintage Rodgers. Vintage Rodgers sounds better than vintage Aaron. Yeah, if you just say vintage Aaron, you could be talking about, like, Aaron Hernandez. Oh, God, why did that? Just, just, no, just, no, you're done. You're done for a second. Okay, I'll go take a timeout. You should. Um, Just a 30-second timeout, though, because we might need you. So, um, so that's the situation with the Devontae Adams. I still like Alan Lazard because of that snap count. You can't score fantasy points if you're not on the field, and I think the targets will go up. Um, Moving on to the 10th pick of this draft, we have our first quarterback off the board, Patrick Mahomes. And guess what? 
He has been QB8 through two weeks. Yes, that is a starting QB. But is it a is it worth a first round pick? Absolutely not. And this is why we stress waiting on quarterbacks. I know some of you got Patrick Mahomes in the third round. And that's great. I think that's actually a great spot for him. Um, Same with Lamar Jackson in this particular case. But ADP on Yahoo Fantasy has Patrick Mahomes as the number 10 off the board, which is ridiculous. Josh Allen is the QB2 right now in fantasy. He went in the 12th round. Wait to draft your quarterbacks. Awesome. So we hit a few of the injuries. We just wrapped up wrapped up that fantasy draft. I love it. God, it's always fun. Fantasy drafts is is my favorite part of the season. So, um, oh, that's because you don't win very much. And he's back from his timeout to burn me yet again. Oh, that's what I'm here for. So, and to move us forward, because all you want to do is reminisce about the past and talk about things you like when we have injuries to get to, bro. And I want to start, because we already talked about Saquon, I want to start uh, with another Giants injury. We have Sterling Shepard, uh, who is dealing with a foot injury, which means he might be out for a few weeks, which just makes Darius Slayton even more valuable. I know you still have Golden Tate. I know you still have Evan Ingram. But the more that receiving core shrinks down, the more targets there are to go around. And we know Danny Dimes loves his Darius Slayton. Moving on to uh, San Francisco, both Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman went down with injuries. Coleman's is definitely for a few weeks. We don't know the seriousness of Mostert's yet for sure. But it's probably going to be at least a week or two. Jarek McKinnon cannot carry a whole workload on his own. And yet, like, he's been the guy who has missed literally two seasons in a row with, with, with knee injuries. And now he's the only healthy one. They're not going to give him a full workload um, because they, they want to make sure they keep him healthy. Because, God, when you see him play, that dude is electric. He's a really exciting player. I think if Jarek McKinnon is on waivers... Uh, he's not as important as Mike Davis for me this week, but Jarek McKinnon is certainly up there if he's available. He will score you points, even if he is not the full workload back. Um, I know George Kittle was injured in week one, but there's just, you know, no Kittle, no problem here. We got Jordan Reed going on. Vintage Reed! Or you can actually say Vintage Jordan. Well, no, Vintage Jordan will make you think basketball, and we're not talking basketball. I know, I know. So Vintage Reed is good. Um, looked like his old self. And he and he held like a 30% target share in that game. So, well, the only problem with that 30% target share, sorry to interrupt you, is the fact that both of his touchdown passes came from Jimmy Garoppolo, and he was a lot quieter in the second half of that game once Nick Mullins was in. It's it's a different, yes, it's a different quarterback, and no, Nick Mullins uh, wasn't looking to Jordan Reed quite as much, but... I don't think Nick Mullins is different enough from Jimmy Garoppolo for it to make a huge difference. I think for as long as Kittle is out, Jordan Reed is a top, definitely a top 12 tight end, maybe a top 10 uh, with top 5 potential. I mean, the sky's the limit for that guy. Moving on to Paris Campbell, who is out for the season, which is a real bummer. I... 
I even said in the last podcast, I thought I thought this was going to be your last opportunity to pick him up because I, I truly thought that he was going to take off this week. And instead, Mo Ali Cox took off because Paris Campbell out for the season. Um, temper your expectations for Mo Ali Cox because Jack Doyle will come back, and Phil Rivs has been again with the Phil Rivs. You just you're on like you have a nickname for that. You you and him are on first name nickname basis. No, we're not. I just call him Phil Rivs. Philip Rivers is going to spread the ball around. Um, T. Y. Hilton had a kind of disappointing game, uh, but. Gosh, it's it's a tough receiving core to predict. Um, another tough thing to predict was Will Fuller getting exactly zero receptions. And rem- we, we were talking about a wide receiver handcuff for Devontae Adams. In that first podcast from three weeks ago, I talked about a wide receiver handcuff for Will Fuller because of his injury risk, and it's a hamstring injury. These, this has kept him out of entire seasons in the past. It, it feels like vintage Fuller. <laughs> you, you have good vintage and you have bad vintage. Exactly. And this is bad vintage Fuller. So Brandon Cooks is the guy you want. He had eight targets, five receptions, and 95 yards against a really good uh, Baltimore Ravens defense. And, God, Houston's just so miserable this season. I think we're going to be playing from behind a lot. Do you want to talk about Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert? Well, it is an injury, and Justin Herbert put up a Joe Burrow-esque performance. And I say that um, in order to say these are two rookies who have a lot of promise and are making some NFL freaking plays. Like, like they're both really fun to watch and you love seeing their future just, just wafting in front of them. <laughs> wafting? That's not... That's... That sounds gross. Well, that's what their future is doing. And I do not... I, I I put both Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow in about the same area, which is around like quarterback 15, 16, just because they could do great, but they're also uh, turnover prone. And, you know, the, for the record, though, Justin Herbert does have better pass-catching weapons. So that is exciting. Speaking of pass-catching weapons, the Jets have none. Well, I told you the Jets are completely valueless. They're not completely valueless, but they did just lose Brashad Perriman, and we don't know for how long. But you look at this past game without him, because uh, he went down pretty early. Chris Herndon was a complete whiff. He, he, I mean, he dropped a touchdown pass, but, you know, it was Chris Hogan or Braxton Berrios. And I really, I have no advice regarding any of those two because I do not know what the Jets defense is going to be like and last on this list well second to last kind of uh we have Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown both going down Brown will definitely be back we don't know how long this rib injury is going to keep Akers out it's a committee um and Daryl Henderson did a lot to show that he is ready for more of a spotlight so that complicates things. We were so excited for Malcolm Brown after last week, and now this. We have no idea. Um, Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson are both worth rostering um, if they are available this week. Big one, though, A.J. Brown going down, which, again, that happened. Uh, we, we found out about that 
uh, last week, and we we were going we were going to talk about this in the Friday podcast. And I wish we had. Are you about? Are you honestly about to toot your own horn again, bro? I am. I am. But I deserve this one because these. I'm going to read you the notes that I made on Johnu Smith last week because after uh, so, Corey Davis. It was uh, was the obvious next man up whenever we found out that A.J. Brown was down. But I was really sold on Jonu Smith and Jonu Smith being the guy that you wanted to start. After Tannehill took over last year, Jonu Smith was, was third on the team in touchdown receptions behind A.J. Brown and Tajay Sharp. Tajay Sharp is no longer on the team and A.J. Brown is injured. Even on Corey Davis's big day um, a week ago, Jonu Smith only had one fewer target and Smith got the target inside the 10-yard line. If you look at targets from Tannehill for all of last year, Corey Davis only averaged one more target per game, and Jonu Smith had twice the red zone targets. And then Jonu Smith went off this week. And congratulations on your call that you did not make officially. So it doesn't count. Sorry, bro. But I bring that up this week. To say, even if you don't count it for last week, um, Jonu Smith is is the real deal. And the Titans might need to be passing more because their defense has been struggling. And they haven't gotten the run game going as much. We're going to jump to just a little bit of recap from the week while we have time. Um, but uh, we have a live read first because we have a season not a season we never have a season sponsor i don't know why you keep saying that we have an episode sponsor and this week we have okay have you ever wanted to travel the world see places you never thought you'd see in your lifetime do you love surprises that will literally sweep you off your feet try plain white van Forget Uber, Lyft, or any of these other car services that do things like cost money and make you walk to specific cross streets to meet them. Plain White Van will pick you up anywhere, anytime, without warning. Walking to the grocery store? We'll snag ya. At your kid's soccer game? We'll snag ya. The 20 feet between your front door and the curb while you're taking out the trash? You got it. We'll snag ya. And if you use the promo code SVS, you can get 20% off your first plain white van ride. Plain white van. We have candy. Oh yeah, that sounds legit. Right? Right? You know what else is legit? Fantasy football. And that's what we're going to talk about even more. We cannot cover the entire weekend of games, so we will try to hit the most fantasy relevant teams. And that starts with the Raiders, because Josh Jacobs is a full-grown adult freaking man. He ran the ball 27 times, topping all ball carriers for the week, despite the Raiders trailing for the first 29 minutes and 51 seconds. That is, yes, that is almost literally the whole first half. And he still ran the ball 27 times. Now, his weak fantasy output might scare you, but I think what's even better is it might scare Josh Jacobs' fantasy owners. This is, I mean, I don't think, I don't think he is really a buy low candidate because I don't think his, his, his owners are going to be quite that fooled, but there is a chance and there is a lot going on. People might be looking for depth in other places. Make an offer for Josh Jacobs if you can. Now he was a little hobbled by his ankle. I think you do want Devontae Booker as that handcuff, but Jalen Richard is also not going anywhere. I mean, we saw him get the touchdown tonight. He is 
very effective. He has been very effective for the Raiders for the past few years. They like him. He's going to be involved. But Devontae Booker fits the Josh Jacobs mold much better if Josh Jacobs can't play. Um, regarding pass catchers on the Raiders, uh, you got Darren Waller. It's Darren Waller. It's Darren Waller. You want Darren Waller. He was literally the only player that got more than three targets, and Derek Carr threw the ball 38 times. He is a monster. He's going to continue to be a target monster. That's really all the analysis there. Um, do you want to get the Ravens? I do. I really do. Um, because I was the one uh, when we did, I, I think, our very first podcast where I was talking up Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins. And for that reason, I do not want you to worry about Gus Edwards. I know he was involved a lot in this game, but a significant amount of his work came after the game was already out of hand. And I know J.K. Dobbins didn't get a whole lot of work, but he's still getting to know the offense. And in the meantime, you have Mark Ingram, who will continue to score you points, especially whenever the uh, Ravens are able to take that much of a lead early on. But because of that lead, um, we had some issues with a certain pass catcher, and that is Mark Andrews. I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to take over this one because I have him on a team, and it was a real bummer to see him struggle so much. And, and he wasn't even running a whole lot of routes, but he didn't need to. The Ravens were fourth in rush attempts this week behind only the Chargers, the Rams, and the Indianapolis Colts all of whom had leads that they were trying to maintain. The Ravens are going to pass the ball more. I know they will continue to be one of the most run-heavy offenses in the game, but I don't think they'll be playing from that far ahead that much in these games. Moving on real quick to the Bills. Speaking of Samuels is wrong, um, yes, yes, you can rub this one in my face. Josh Allen is the real deal. I mean... He's the number two wide, uh, uh, number two quarterback in fantasy right now, and he was drafted in the twelfth round. Like, come on, bro! Like, this guy is for real, and and he is turning Stefan Diggs into the fantasy superstar that he almost was in Minnesota, and I am loving it. I am not convinced though. He has done this against the Jets and the Dolphins. He plays the Rams next week, so he'll get his first real test, and. If you look at his fantasy playoff schedule, the last two weeks of the season, he is playing the Broncos and the Patriots, and you do not want to start your starting quarterback against the Broncos and the Patriots if you are in those fantasy playoffs. So, and this is looking way far ahead, but with all of the depth at running back and wide receiver thinning out even more, Maybe you can trade your Josh Allen for uh, for a nice running back or wide receiver, get some more depth there, and quarterback is so deep. I mean, we just talked about Justin Herbert, who came out of nowhere. You will be able to find quarterback points, and if you can trade Josh Allen for a great running back, do it. Wow, I think we're going to go over half an hour uh, for the first time. Yeah, but just a little bit. Um, I don't want to torture these guys uh, listening, or these girls. Uh, we accept any listeners, and we love all of our listeners any longer than we have to. Um, but we just want to talk about a couple of other teams. We have the Dolphins, who were on the receiving end of that butt-kicking from Josh Allen. 
The Dolphins are going to receive a lot of butt kicking, and that is why we saw Devontae Parker come back and do Devontae Parker things. But he didn't even do Devontae Parker things as well as Mike Gesicki, who I also talked about in the same draft that I was talking about Mark Ingram. He is he was a, a tight end that I wanted to target in late rounds because he just screams high floor tight end in a pass heavy offense where Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to go to that outlet and even if they let Tua play at some point Tua is going to need an outlet you have Devontae Parker and Preston Williams as your top two wide receivers both of them are deep threats Gisecki is going to get a lot of targets and especially in the red zone and in the end zone where you really want those targets. Exactly. I, I completely agree with you there. Lovely stuff for Mike Gusecki. Gusecki? Gusecki. You're still, you're, this is the name. Oh, every podcast is the name podcast for us. It really is. In Pittsburgh, I have to apologize. Samuels was wrong, baby. It's happening even if it's not in the intro. I... I wasn't completely wrong because I'm still a believer. I, I told you to go get Benny Snell last week. He is still insanely valuable. He is, uh, he might be a handcuff now at this point because James Conner is, oof, James Conner is back. Um, but you need to hold on to Benny Snell. Conner has had trouble staying healthy every single season. I really do think it's only a matter of time before that whole job is Snell's. Moving on to Denver, uh, Cortland Sutton, who was dealing with a shoulder injury prior to this week, is now dealing with a torn ACL. And we didn't hit him in the injury section because we knew we were going to be hitting him here. It's going to be Noah Fant. It's going to be Noah Fant all day, every day. Well, and it's going to be Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy also had a, a pretty good game. He caught four of his seven targets. Those seven targets were tied for the most on the team with KJ Hamler. Oh, God, that's another guy we don't know, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. Um, So we're just going to talk about Noah Fant and Jerry Judy because I don't think that KJ Hamler is going to come out of nowhere and be the guy. Um, I do agree with you that Jerry Judy is, is extremely valuable. He had more targets than Noah Fant, yes, but... Noah Fant got the touchdown, and he will continue to get those touchdowns. But you're the one that keeps saying don't chase touchdowns as a stat, it, unless you're talking about tight ends. Tight ends, I think, is the one position that because volume-wise, unless you've got Kelsey or Andrews or Kittle, you're never going to get that volume that you're looking for. You have to chase touchdowns with tight ends. And that concludes Samuels versus Schlanger. Oh my god, we made it through. Thank you again to We Know Fantasy. You're never going to let me thank them. Thank you again to We Know Fantasy. Thank you for bringing us onto your platform. We hope all of you listeners enjoyed this. We are here every single week on Tuesday with We Know Fantasy. We will also be releasing a Friday podcast every week as well to preview games and give you advice in setting your lineups. Um... Are you good, Schlanger? Oh, I'm good, Samuels. I am ready to go. I am done with this. We are five minutes later than we normally go, but I think it was worth it, and I think our listeners will agree. Thank you, everyone. We will see you later this week. Thanks. Right in my car with the